welcome to the Lifehouse Church Beloved Podcast. My name is Lena Hobson and I'm here with Carolyn Thomas and Debbie Singh. How are you ladies? Excellent. Um, we're continuing on with our Colossians series. We're looking at chapter 3. Um, the last podcast we spoke about husbands and wives and and um, what that looked like, sort of the wrong way and the right way. Um, so we looked also so we looked at Colossians 3 and we looked at the passage from Ephesians 5 about Christian households so we encourage you to read them again and recap and tonight we're going to be talking about children so we're just gonna we'll dive straight in and we'll just I'll read out verses 20 and, and verse 21 from chapter 3 it says children obey your parents and everything for this pleases the Lord Fathers, do not embitter your children or they will become discouraged. So we want to talk a bit about what discipline looks like. You know, what it looks like to be too lax, what harsh discipline looks like, what's the the right way to raise up and train our children. Um, Carolyn, do you want to start off with some amazing wisdom? <laughs> yeah, well, as Lena said, that word there, train your children, because we have to realise it does not come naturally. Um, you know, your children behaving well or teaching them. You have to teach them and train them obedience, respect, because it doesn't come naturally. In fact, it's the very opposite that comes naturally. You know, the Bible tells us that we are all born sinners. We're mm. born with iniquity. And so that is the natural. And so we have to actually teach them and train them. And we all know there's a lot of scriptures and Proverbs that talk about that as well, where it's train your child in the way that they should go. Um, and I think it's really important um, that we are careful not to excuse children's maybe lack of manners or respect by saying, oh, they're just shy. You have to teach it. Because I've got um, a relative that, you know, the child has is, is grown now, but all the way through, all the way through, um, you know, her mum would just say, she'd just allow her to not thank people or answer people or greet them and she would just say oh she's just shy she's just shy well past the age of where it just became really rude but yeah if the child was with me I would say right you greet the person you do this you do that totally different behavior because she knew that I just didn't tolerate it and so I think that's very important because I hear a lot of that happening now um being a school teacher I see a lot of it I even see it you know um and in, in even with, you know, people that should know these scriptures and things. But so, for instance, you'll have a lot of um, giving excuses where, you know, and I've probably done it myself where we don't realize, oh, they're just tired. You know, or they haven't had their afternoon nap. But what we're doing is giving an excuse then for bad behavior because they're tired. Because we get tired, but we've still got to learn to control our flesh, flesh and how to operate and how to behave. And, um, you know, I find as well that... Um, at school, it makes me laugh sometimes. I'll have parents coming in and saying, now these children are, we're talking about six-year-old and seven-year-old parents saying, oh, they refuse to do their homework. Um, can you make them do their homework? I had another parent, a father coming to me and saying, oh, you know, he just wouldn't do his homework and we fight all the time. And But I found the solution. I threaten him with you and now he'll do his homework. And, and I just want to say to them, like, are you kidding me? Who is the parent here? They don't have a choice. They do what they're told, and that's it, you know. Um, so there's just this whole, and, and you know, we find, I'm finding as well that we, and it's not everybody, of course, but there's a generation, well, our kids are being raised, certainly at school, I see this whole ethos where um, there's just this 
projection of blame like if something's too difficult or they've done something wrong there's always someone else to blame and they're not encouraged to take responsibility and and we need to really realize as christian parents as well that when we raise our children we don't have to explain ourselves to them mm. you know i find there's a lot of that i even have six-year-olds asking me why you know and i'm like well because i'm the teacher and i told you why that's it I understand as they get older, you will allow them to have a little bit more flexibility to reason with you and to talk with you. But when they're very young, they've just got to learn obedience. And that's because you said so and that's it. And I think too many times people um, want to be their friends and you're not there to be your child's friend. And you know what? If you're not disciplining your child, you're going to make a rod for your own back. Um, you know, I've had situations at school where when I've said no, and I mean no, I've had some kids go absolutely, I had one boy in particular, I can remember, went absolutely ape, he would just go mental when I said no, and he realised I actually was sticking with the no, got extremely angry and violent from there and acting up from then. You know, when I spoke to his mum and dad about it, they're like, oh, we've never seen that at home. But upon talking about it more, it turned out that every time at home, and you girls have heard me talk about this before, every time at home, the minute they started to get angry or frustrated, the parents would divert their attention. Mm. We're not helping our kids if no. we do that because, you know, there's, there's nothing wrong with getting frustrated and angry. The Bible says just in your anger, do not sin. Mm. And so we can let them get angry and frustrated, but then that's an ideal opportunity to teach them then how to channel that and what to do with that anger and frustration. Mm. If we don't ever let them get to that point, if we see it building and we just divert their attention all the time so they don't get, then they're not going to have skills. And, you know, part of your training as a parent is to teach them skills as well, how to cope with all these emotions mm. and what to do with them. So um, it's just really important, yeah, that we... We try that. And you know as well, I, I know when um, my son was small and stuff, like, you know, we, we taught him, like, he wasn't allowed to sulk, that was it. And, you know, this kind of thing where sometimes they're really playing up and, and we might say, well, you know, they're just tired, they haven't had their sleep. I tell you what, a slap helps with their tired. You give them such a tight slap and they can cry themselves to sleep because <laughs> I guarantee when they wake up, they're usually in a much better mood. <laughs> So <laughs> that it works. <laughs> <laughs> Proverbs twenty two six start children off on the way they should go, and even when they are old they will not turn from it. Um Proverbs thirteen twenty four whoever spares the rod hates their children, but the one who loves their children is careful to discipline them. Mm. And you know, I used to like I used to think, Well, that's a hard scripture. You hate your child and I couldn't understand it and um till one day the Lord just explained it to me. That if, you, if you're not disciplining your child, it is tantamount to hate because what is the result of them not ever receiving consequence or discipline? It means they carry on, carry on, and then one day they're going to rebel against the ultimate authority, God, and where they're going to end up mm -hmm. in hell. And so, you know, often it's hard when we say as parents, well, it hurts me more than it hurts you. It does. But to, to, you know, as a parent, you have to take that responsibility of correcting them and speaking in, even though it's hard for you to do, you're going to save them from a world of hurt as well, um, you know. So, and Proverbs 23 as well, 13 and 14, do not withhold discipline from a child. If you punish them with the rod, they will not die. Punish them with the rod and save them from death. Mm. So that's on the positive side of training them. Mm. Yeah.
you want me to talk about being too critical or later? You guys talk more. Yeah. Um, no, I was going to say I completely agree with what you were saying about the, um, you know, we do have to train them. Like my, you know, nine-year-old now, he he's autistic, but at the same time I don't use that as an excuse for him to be rude or... You know, like if he's done something wrong, like the other night I said to him, you know, you need to go and apologise to Lena for distracting her in her sermon. And and he did, and he knew that he had to go and do that. So, you know, so um, he, he, you know, he, it doesn't come naturally for him still at nine when someone says hello, for him to say hello back. So I still have to remind him. And it's a constant, you, you remember, you need to say hello. And sometimes even before we go somewhere, I say to them, you need to do, you know, this is what is expected and trying to train them that way. But so it isn't, you know, like I try really hard not to make excuses for my kids. I was talking to Lena about this the other day as well, you know, because because he does certain things certain ways and he does have quirks and that is part of who he is. But at the same time, when it comes to... Um, doing the wrong thing, whether that's due to a quirk or whether it's due to disobedience or doing the wrong thing, he still gets apprehended for it. So, awesome. yeah. I love that word there. <laughs> apprehended. <laughs> Stopped in your tracks. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, we have to because otherwise he just will keep going and doesn't, and he doesn't always remember that that's what he was supposed to do. But, um, again, we have, and then we have Zion, who's nearly five, and he copies what Asher does and he thinks oh because he does that this is what how I'm supposed to be so we've been trying to explain to him that you know you need to remember to do this Asher doesn't always remember because his brain works differently to yours so you need to use your Zion brain you know you can help Asher as well (laughs) that's right so um but I I think I've tried both ends of the scale of being too lax and too harsh and neither end of that scales really <laughs> worked um and it is i mean as a parent it's hard because it's trial and error for yeah, us yeah. it's no handbook to go with it <laughs> <laughs> except to say that this is how you know fathers do not embitter your well, children or they'll become discouraged <laughs> but it doesn't say what to do in certain situations yeah. and how to deal with this and how to deal with that so and I think the big yeah. thing that you're saying, Debbie, like with, uh, you know, Asher, you may have to keep reminding them and stuff. But And I think that's the hardest thing for a lot of parents is that consistency because it's exhausting. The, it is, yeah. And that's where I think sometimes it's easy to give up because you might be tired and, you know, it's just going on and on. And, and that's the hardest part is just mm. maintaining that consistency. Mm. Mm. That's where you need the strength from Definitely the Lord, right? I agree <laughs> with you. <laughs> um, and I, that's, yeah lacks discipline when we're too soft and indulge our children we don't give them proper boundaries um yeah it can just be not disciplining them or as you say that inconsistency and they're both like i think inconsistency in a way is worse because they're definitely insecure they never know where they stand with you today it's this tomorrow it's that i don't Mm. know what's the right thing to do and and they will push like if they get away for today then they got away for it so they're going to try another day and then you might not let them get away so like you say it's going to breed insecurity them. Yeah. in them as well because yeah. they just don't, you know, that's always fun at school. Some days I think, oh, am I too harsh? But then I have all these kids hanging off me and loving me and writing me notes and I knew, I know they do. And then I think, oh, 
but it's because they do like boundaries that makes them feel safe and secure mm-hmm. and they know that I'm strict but I'm, I'm fair yeah. and so yeah it's really important for them isn't it that consistency so you might get exhausted you just got to go and take that time and go to the Lord and say mm-hmm. I need help <laughs> and just keep going because you know yeah. you get through eventually well, um, you were saying about um, you know how we feel like we can sometimes have to explain ourselves well we don't have to explain ourselves but you know I am the parent this is yeah. why I've made this decision and I just remember that um you know a couple of weeks ago Zion <clears throat> he was misbehaving and so as a punishment he I said okay well there's no story at bedtime and he likes to have us read a it's story. A bit of a harsh punishment, I know. Debbie. No, I know. Story, no of story of bedtime. No story of bedtime. So um, I said, no, there's no books tonight. You're going straight to bed. You know, that's it. And he was really upset. And anyway, uh, eventually he said, can I just have a cuddle, mummy? And, you know, like I'd oh, said God. prayers and everything. And then and then I went in and I gave him another cuddle. And, and he said, I love you, mummy. And I, and then then you think oh maybe I should just give him a book but you know I held my ground of course but he um he's a clever little he is he is he's very very clever but he um you know I thought hang on I can use this to teach him so I said to him you know I love you so much as well but the reason I want you I, I said to him you know I love you so much that I want you to be a really really great person and I want you to have a great life so I want to teach you that you know when you do the wrong thing there's going to be consequences and so that you remember to do the right thing so that your life will be better and you'll you know you'll be the, do the, be the right person that God wants you to be you know and so he's like okay and it, it was really it was actually it was a short conversation but he got it you yeah, know and yeah. he's like oh okay and so I said but you know so next time you remember and and I want you to know that even though these things happen. I'm still your mum and I love you very much. So uh, I, I like what you said there, Debbie, and I just want to pick up on that for a minute. Have a great laugh. I want you to have a great laugh. I think that's the biggest thing I want to say to parents. You know, sometimes when I see at school when the, parent, the kids run, the parents like, you're setting them up to be dysfunctional adults. You're setting them up mm. to not be able to be in a loving relationship for themselves because if they've just been had their own way, had no consequence, totally enabled, totally indulged, they will be miserable as adults. And and to me, that's the biggest tragedy. You want them to have a healthy relationship. Um, you know, you want them to be able to get married if that's what they want or whatever, or just, you know, and, and or even if it's just friendship relationships mm. or whatever. You want them to be happy and functional and healthy. And the biggest thing when they're totally indulged and, and not being disciplined is that that's what's going to happen later. They won't be able to maintain healthy relationships and they'll be miserable. Or even or going even to work. Going yeah. to work. Because yeah. that mum that I was talking about earlier where the kid went ape and they used to distract him, the mum then said to me that she gets really angry and when she gets really angry at work, she has to actually physically walk out of the office and go for a walk. Mm. So that's not even fully functional either. Mm. Okay, so that's a strategy she's learned not to explode. But really to hold down a job and to do what you have to do, you can't just be doing that. Mm. So I think that's really important that, you know, it's it's what we are doing for them for later as well. So it's, you know, mm. um, not just that immediate gratification. And, and, you know, a lot of parents, you know, it is difficult to discipline. It is difficult consistently to do it, especially if it's against your nature, you know, if you're more of a passive person or whatever. 
but the point is often adults although they don't realize it they think oh well, i feel bad what well, they're not doing it because they feel bad so it's actually feeding yeah. their own yeah. passivity or, or their own needs or they're actually taking mm. care more of their own feelings than they are of actually what's best for the yeah. child yeah and i think a lot of people don't realize that it's like yeah, it makes you feel rotten and bad, but it's not about you. Yeah. You need to be the grown-up and do what's right for them. So it's, you know, That's but it's it. difficult. Yep. Mm. Yeah. When I was, when we first had Charlie, I hadn't, like, I just, I had no idea how many things you have to train your children. I just assumed that so many things were just, like, <laughs> come naturally come to natural, them. Like, Lots does come naturally, just not what you wanted. Yeah, the wrong thing. Yeah. You have a child like, that it doesn't come naturally to you. You don't. Like, when they you have a baby, they, you have to train them how to sleep and how to hold their spoon and, like, let alone all the important things. Like, I just had, mm. it's like a constant everything. Thing. <laughs> mm. See, I thought when babies were tired, they just fell asleep. So I'd have, like, Callan up at, like, midnight still or whatever and walking up and down thinking until I learned. I didn't even know about such a thing as being overtired. <laughs> like, oh, I just thought they'd fall asleep when they're tired. <laughs> like you say, you've got to train it, everything. That was, our, that was our biggest battle with our oldest um, is sleep and, like, where we really learnt about, okay, well, a child, like, you just assume, well, kids don't throw, t- babies don't throw tantrums because they're babies. That's, like, a more adult big kid thing no no we're we're in, we're born with iniquity it comes out like a three-month-old can be screaming their <laughs> yeah. head off in a tantrum and that was like our biggest struggle and like charlie ruled our house because just he would wake up five times a night and expect to be patted back to sleep or rocked back to sleep and it wasn't until ben was like this is it I'm done. I've had enough with this. Until one of you had enough sleep to actually go, this isn't the way it's meant to be. It was like, no. And putting boundaries and there was consequences and this is when like, and then we're consistent with that. That's when it was sorted out. And I think what you said, Lena, you know, again, we're born with iniquity, but a lot of people don't want to hear that. They don't like to hear the sweet little baby mm. that you're actually saying this baby is born a sinner. Like, no, no, how can you say that? <laughs> little innocent. Little but we don't have to. The first words we don't say is, yes, yes, yes. It's always no. Yeah. Like, and that little, those little legs taking them over to that plug, even if they're crawling and smiling at you. And, I'm <laughs> and it's no. I mean, that is clear. It just shows you. But people don't want to hear that. Mm. I know that I've had to talk to parents and saying your child is manipulating you. Well, and they're horrified. Like they're like, no, children don't manipulate. And they don't they do it on purpose. They, like, just, they do it because it's in their nature. It, that's it, yeah. yeah. Like, they don't go, hmm, I'm going to go and manipulate Yeah, yeah exactly. Till they're a bit older. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> we used to think Charlie was, like, sick and, like, oh, he must be teething. Just like every baby parent's teeth. And we <laughs> give him Panadol all the time. We went through so much Panadol. And then we were like, ah, oh, so just dumb. He's throwing to tantrum. I think it does suit you much. Just fall asleep not to yeah, no, that's true. People don't, yeah, they don't like to hear that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and I think the real problem with a lack of discipline is that children have, like you were saying, Carol, and they have little character. They don't have respect for authority. Um, they have no ability to persevere. Mm, definitely. Because if they don't, if yeah, and I find that, like, if it's too hard, you don't have to do it, my darling. If it's too, that's what we see a lot of us coming through too hard don't have to and as you say lena no character because you can only develop character and perseverance by yeah you know the opposite of enablement so if everything always goes well for them or 
goes well, in inverted commas, because they always get what they want, they are going to grow up with mm. absolutely no character. And it's got to be developed somewhere. So, you know, rather have it developing in increments as they're growing up than suddenly an adult and it's going to have much more severe consequence. And that's the big thing. I talk a lot to the kids at school about consequences. Like, you know, why are... Why am I giving you this consequence? Not because I'm trying to be mean or whatever, but you know what happens if you can get away with this for 18 years, then you can't just turn that behavior off mm. instantly. And the problem is, we do not want their consequence then to be to jail be severe or, something or jail. Else. Yeah, yes. at school, like you know, I had a boy um, hitting someone the other day and just talking through with them that you know. Now you might miss out on playtime and it might feel awe, but you'll learn from that. Whereas if you just get away and you're hitting people for 18 years, you're not going to suddenly, and if you hit someone in the street, you'll go to jail. They were a bit shocked at that, but, you know, and, and that's the whole thing. We don't want those consequences mm. there. We don't want that consequence at the end of the mm. life to be, you know, hell. So mm -hmm, it's really yeah. important. And, you know, we've got a responsibility as adults and as parents to actually suck up our own oh, I don't feel like doing this or I'm tired or I'm hard or it makes me feel bad because it's we've got to do what's best for them you know they've been entrusted to us and we've got to do the best that we can that's right yeah mm -hmm. yeah <clears throat> all right um what about harsh discipline when we're too harsh yeah my um you know and and often this is out of them you know it's not I mean I, I think most people most parents are not you know, will be genuinely trying to do the best that they can. And, and sometimes this harshness being too critical is, again, out of a misguided thing, but you, you do want the best for your child. You want them to achieve. You want them to be successful. But, you know, you might not even realize that you're being too critical. And the scripture that really stands out to me here is, this, and I've, I've spoken about it a couple of times, Proverbs 14, verse 1, the wise woman builds her house, but with her own hands the foolish one tears hers down. And I think there's two major problems with being critical. And to me, that scripture speaks about somebody, um, you know, that's being critical. Because as women, we set the time, the atmosphere mm -hmm. in the home. Mm -hmm. um, and two major problems with this being too critical is, one, the child then learns to become critical. And as I said, that's going to affect their relationships later on, okay? Because, you know, they've grown up with it. They don't often even realize that that's who they've become. Mm -hmm. Because we all are going to become, to a large extent, you know what we've grown up with and then it's only as we allow the Holy Spirit and Christ to work in us that we change that but you are going to come out like that more or less you know yeah. um, until you start for yourself dealing with it so that first problem the child learns to become critical and that in turn is going to affect their relationships and they're going to have to deal with that and then um, I think as well it also makes you um, grow up to be very dissatisfied because if your parents or whoever you know is looking after you has been very critical, even if it's through, I want you to do the best, I want you to achieve, then you've actually had that and you know put into you that I've always got to be striving and striving to get approval, striving to do well, and you know dissatisfied with what I've got because it's never good enough. Mm. Um, and then the second thing as well that criticism does, it crushes the child's spirit. Um, you know, and, and Proverbs eighteen twenty one, or well, Proverbs in the whole talks a lot about the power of the tongue. And Proverbs eighteen twenty one, the tongue is a power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. And you know, I think just being critical and what's coming out of a mouth crushes the person mm. that's on the receiving end of just <clears throat> that constant criticism. Yeah, uh, it just makes you feel, you know, I know that if I 
you know, I have a situation where I just feel someone's just been ongoing, critical, critical. Actually, I actually feel, you know, you see that picture of someone slumping their shoulders and just like, that's how I actually yeah. feel. I've felt that feeling. Yeah. Um, and then, um, you know, I've shared this one with Lena before as well. And it's just about the whole home, I guess, and growing up and what's going on. But Proverbs 17, 1, better dry crust with peace and quiet than a house full of feasting with strife. And so if, you know, your parents have grown up where they're striving for approval and stuff and then everything's got to be perfect and they're criticising everything that's going on, you might have this whole thing going on, then you're all sitting there and, you know, because of all the criticism and the stress and stuff, there's everybody sitting there with that basically crushed and just, you know, there's no real relationship. Mm. So I think we've got to be really careful that we do want to encourage our kids, but we have to be careful that we're doing it in the right way and that we're not actually being critical. I think too, um, you know, in being too harsh sometimes, not even being critical, but, you know, you've got to watch, like I know there's been times where I've actually been overly harsh on my kids and I've had to go and apologise because part of it has been, you know, we, we all know these times when you're tired, they're tired, everyone's emotional and the kids have just done something and you just think, oh, they totally did that on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and you just go fly off the handle. And which is, at, you know, that's anger and it's acting out of anger and it's sin. And so as a parent, I've had to go and say, oh, look, boys, I'm really sorry. What I just, I should not have yelled at you. And I'm sorry that, you know, I acted that way. I don't go and say, I'm sorry that I yelled at you, but you really should have done that because... You know, they already know that what they did was wrong because of the way that I reacted. But, you know, like I've had to go and say, I'm sorry, please forgive me, you know. And and that teaches them again. That's training them that it's okay to be wrong. Not that it's good to do what what I did and they know that, okay, what mum just did, that was way out of line, you know, and I've explained that to them. So, And that's huge though as well because a lot of adults don't say sorry. Mm. Well, they don't know how to say, let alone to a kid, they often don't say it to their partner. Mm. Um, and it's very important that, you know, and you shine in that because that's humility as well, where mm. you're able to go and admit I was wrong and apologise, especially to a child. And I mm. think it is important as well, like you say, to do that. And also, as you said, teaches them as well, that when I'm, you know, for like, again, down to their relationships, if they never see mum mm. or dad apologising, when they grow up, they're going to be the same. Mm. Lena's smiling, so I think... She, I'm smiling because um, it just reminded me, like, well, you know what, I've done the same thing. I'm right, Charlie, I'm, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that. And then he'll often go, oh, mummy, I forgive you. I'm sorry I was grumpy at you because of what you said. <laughs> <laughs> Out of the mouth of I had Asha say to me the other week, I, I was having a bit of a, an upset day because I just... You know, the boys hadn't been pulling their weight around the house. They weren't doing, like, clean out their own messes. And so we had this big family conversation and I was saying, you know, it's not really fair that I have to clean up all your messes and, you know, anyway. <laughs> and I said, so what What could we do to make this family better? And I should turn around and say, well, you could stop whinging a bit, Mum. <laughs> That's classic. <laughs> and Brad, Brad said to me later, well, I was like, 
I was in two minds. I was kind of like ready to go. You should not be saying that to me. But I, I thought it, it came through a non-filter. So, you know, like I knew, and and I wasn't whinging. It was just the way he was hearing what I was saying. It probably sounded like I was whinging because I had been going on about how they'd not done these things. And, and because I'd been a bit upset about it all, Brad said to me later, he said, Oh, when Asha said that, I thought, no, Asha, what now? <laughs> Not the good time to say that to Mark. So but he said, you handled it really well. And That's I said, so good. I said, yeah, I just had, for a split second, I was, I was cross, but then I thought, no, because again, this is part of him. He doesn't have a filter sometimes. And so he says things and then I have to sort of realize what I'm he is saying. And I, 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 I said, I think what you, I actually said to him, I waited a second and I said, do you mean whinging or do you mean, you know, complaining about it? You know, like, you know, I was, I was trying to grasp what he was saying. That's but, yeah, it was one of those moments I was like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you just so did not say that. My <laughs> humility having 25 kids. You know, you don't get to know all their voices and, you know, I can normally pinpoint without looking up who's acting up like, you know, but occasionally you get it wrong and you moan at the wrong child and then it's like, okay, you know. You in credit for next time you do something wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That's like when I yeah. say to Crystal's kids, I'll call Willow Piper, and she's like, "I'm not Piper." <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, okay, really, really I just sorry, made a mistake, <laughs> really, really sorry." <laughs> We're yeah. trying to teach that to Charlie about like a mistake. He's like, "Oh, so silly, <laughs> mummy." <laughs> I'm trying to teach him what a mistake is, and that you're okay as a person if you make a mistake. <laughs> Oh, that's a hard thing to teach them too. Well, my kids are yeah. good at school. They'll come and you say to them, they'll, they'll, they'll it, it's nice. You hear yourself, well, it makes you realize you hear yourself coming back <laughs> as long as it's Not all always good, nice. But, yeah. Um, you know, one thing is, is uh, you know, it's all right to make mistakes because that's how we learn. <laughs> yeah. And then I hear them as well. Someone gets hurt or someone's whinging. They're like, it's not the end of the world. Like, <laughs> <laughs> there's me again. <laughs> Teaching them resilience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anything else, girls? Oh, oh, one other thing I was just going to say, you know how you're saying about it, it, when we're critical constantly, you know, it does give that crushed spirit, but it also builds, like, it grows children that have low self-esteem. Mm. And um, I've, you know, I've seen that, in my husband's life, you know, um, he, I mean, he's not that he's got a terrible self-esteem, but you know, like there's been things that he's had wounds from, from his parents yeah. saying or not saying things. Yeah. And that's important, Debbie. It's not just what we say. Yeah. A lot of it is what we don't say that we should, that should be said to them yeah, mm. or how we act and we don't act and yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah. So he's had different things that way as well, which I think we all probably have had that too but you know um it, uh, over the time that we've been married just to watch his his self-esteem like it wasn't ever terrible but to see it grow right, and, and yeah. be a, in in christ a yeah. good godly self-esteem which has been awesome so but yeah um when they have that bad self-esteem they can either go off to be bullies or they can go off to be yeah, scared yeah. of everybody yeah. so it's yeah, and that's really the thing, being like, that's a good point that you put in there about the self-esteem, you know, being critical, because someone being critical is um, is like just, and as I said, even if it's out of you want the best for them, you leave them feeling that that's not good enough, it's mm. never good enough, so no matter how well they do, oh, that's great, but you could have, you know, 
Yeah. And so the butt is all you hear. Mm. You can give someone a string of praise and then have a butt on the end and yeah, that's it. All of that's gone. That's what they hear. And that's where the striving comes in. So it's still not good enough no matter how well I've done. It's not good enough. And so, mm. yeah. Yeah. All that apathy because what's the point? Yeah. What's the point of trying? I'm never going to get it right. Yeah. yeah. What, that's one of my favourite things to do with Charlie is sit him down every now and again I'm allowed to put him to bed dad's the bedtime favorite but sit him down and I'll just whisper into his ear just like really just how great he is and all these things and he just goes really still and like Suck listens and he goes oh, thanks mommy I love you oh, so <laughs> gives nice. me a hug and speaking those words oh, right that's yeah that's awesome love it all right that's all from us tonight uh, we hope you enjoy this podcast and again we just encourage you to get into the word yourself and just discover how rich it is um and if you want to get in contact with us pop onto our website www.life-house.net thanks goodbye